Thanks for tuning in to Small Big Wings, a window to the world of young, ambitious problem solvers. They are makers, designers, builders, hackers, scientists who heard their inner voice and amplified it. To learn more about our guest and to view the highlights of this episode, head on over to fbw.hvj.coach. Our guest today is Dr. Gauri Rokkam. She's a doctorate in yogic and life sciences and a master's in food and nutrition. She's a nature cure therapist, a yoga instructor, lactation consultant, sports nutritionist, and trained in yogic management of back pain. Her research work on fresh coconut was the first ever and was funded by the Indian government. It went on to prove that the humble coconut is after all innocent. Her approach is based on the synergistic combination of food, nutrition, health and disease. She started a journey as a clinical dietitian and evolved her practice to inculcate the best of Eastern and Western methods. Amongst her many activities in holistic health, she offers a custom-built holistic nutrition training and internship program and has a signature healing program with a client base of more than 1,000 people. She says, if anything does not have a nutrition label, it is the best, it is healthy, and the more detailed the nutrition label is, she advises to stay away from it. Please welcome Dr. Gauri Rokham on the podcast. Gauri ji, it is a great privilege to have you on Small Big Wins. Thank you so much, Harsh. I'm deeply honored and privileged. So let me start by asking you about your take on nutrition labels. Mm -hmm. The world considers them to be disclosing information based on which they can decide whether to consume or not. And I think you very convincingly, in your own conviction, turn it around 180 degrees. Why is that? Well, uh, nothing can be more nutritious than what is in its original and natural form. You know, they don't come with any nutrition labels. I mean to say, we need to eat food as close as what nature intends us to eat. And uh, these foods have so much goodness, it cannot be described or put into a label. So the longer the nutrition labels are, you said it rightly, the farther it should be. Probably the longer or the bigger the nutrition label is, the more the processing is. Yes, absolutely. And uh, another one of your statements which you make is, as long as food comes from a plant, eat it. But if it is made inside a plant, don't eat it. Yeah. And, and we are probably approaching a situation where more food will be made in factories than ever before. From our atta, flour, oils, bread, biscuits, everything. Yes, very true. And uh, this is one of the most beautiful sentences and it suits my job perfectly. You know, this is exactly what I do. I have to pick up people from the eating of what is made in a plant to shift them into eating plant-based foods. And my job is done. They get healthier. So I love this. And the more the man meddles with the food, 
the more is lost and it becomes no nutrition no prana or no life in them and that's how it leads to deficiencies and diseases and when you say plant based food or plant based diet how is it different from vegan well vegan means no animal products here it's a little much more than that see when it comes to veganism oil is allowed sugar is allowed but here we are talking about whole plant based foods that word whole is what is most important that it is not processed that it is not refined is the whole idea and that is what gives fiber nutrition and what keeps us healthy that is the basic difference between whole plant based foods and veganism when it comes to oils it is very very important to understand about oils so that you can decide what to use and how much to use the lesser the better and as i said the unrefined unrefined oils are the cold pressed and the hand pressed oils it is best not to use any oils in the form of bottled oils and fats it can be used in its most natural form that is say for example instead of coconut oil coconut and copra can be used instead of groundnut oil groundnuts can be used similarly for every food which has oils we can use their natural forms the thil the mustard the avocados everything for that matter we don't need as bottled oils but yes if you really want to use use the minimum possible and also the way to use them is not to heat them to their smoking point so that we can keep them healthy in your own household you don't use oils i do because i have a lot of other people to, who are living with me it is not just me right. these are all very personal journeys to make we right. cannot force anybody into it and it is impossible just because i believe in it i trust in it and i want to live this way i cannot expect or force my husband to live this way i can't expect my in-laws to live this way i can't expect my children to live this way if they do it's a bonus i should be very happy and thankful yes in my household to a large extent everybody follows but my in-laws don't seem to understand these concepts the way i would want them to so though i do use oil for them and i use oil that is the hand pressed and the cold pressed oil to the minimum possible there are many many dishes where i don't use a drop of oil but there are some where i do use to some extent and when you say you don't use a drop of oil in many many dishes yeah you prepare them in some different kind of a utensil not really but there are as you rightly said certain utensils today which are available which are very very thick bottomed and a drop of oil but i don't i generally use these uh, old traditional iron kadai or uh, a mm -hmm. thick steel bottomed vessels right because i need a lot of them so keeping one of that kind doesn't help me so this is how i have uh, you know evolved in cooking and it is very simple as long as you have a thick bottomed a vessel you can cook all your dishes wow and you have a very large 
client base, you know, almost more than a thousand people have taken treatment or are undergoing treatment with you. And all of that is primarily on the whole plant-based diet? Yes, absolutely. Long, long, long time ago, I understood that this completely medical nutrition doesn't make any sense, is not meaningful, is not complete. So I started blending the other food principles of yogic sciences and the nature cure. And so all this was left behind long, long time back. And yes, I do use this way. And how are the results? What kind of ailments have been cured with this as far as your clients are concerned? Well, everything right from cold to cancer. I cannot even use the word cure because my master, mentor and my guru, Dr. Arun Sharma, refuses to use this word because one of the basic principles or concepts in nature cure is the disease is not accepted at all. The disease is not identified. The disease is not defined. Everything is unified. The health and disease is unified. And so there is no existence of disease. Just to give you an example about light and darkness. There is no definition for darkness. Darkness exists when there is no light. The absence of light is darkness. And it could be dark for thousands of years. But the minute you bring in light, darkness disappears. Exactly like that, the principles of nature cure are based on this. It says there is nothing called disease. There is no definition for disease. It is just that our health, we have let our health decrease or become lesser and lesser because of our wrong eating and living and stresses. All we need to do is eat right, live right, and body has the intelligence and capability to correct itself, repair itself, heal itself, and bring it back to normal health. So it is very important to understand this concept and that is how it goes. Oh, excellent. That's a very good example. And you also say that nature cure is mm-hmm. nothing but natural hygiene. Yeah. Can you explain this maybe with some examples? Yes. This also again comes from the school of thought which I have gone through. As I said, Dr. Arun Sharma is the grandson of Dr. Lakshman Sharma, who was considered the father of nature cure in India. And in this school, Dr. Lakshman Sharma believes that, or the basic concept again in uh, nature cure, you know, is that our bodies are filled with toxin or filth, which needs to be uh, cleared. That is, these toxins and The filth is what is responsible for ill health. So keeping the body clean is what is the basis. And so they prefer to use natural hygiene rather than nature cure or naturopathy, where it means as a treatment. Here, food is considered to be the medicine only. So they prefer to use this word called natural hygiene. Basic idea or the concept is this unifying of health and disease. And so there is no question 
of treating or curing. It is all about increasing health. And so they use the word hygiene. And because I follow Dr. Arun Sharma, I also tend to use it as natural hygiene and that's the right way or the right word. But because nat nature cure is so popular and people understand na nature cure and naturopathy, sometimes we do use this term, but hygiene is the right word. Okay, for when you say natural hygiene, it is referring to the inside of the body. Yes, cleaning, keeping it clean all the time is what gives us immense health. One of the things which I have always wondered about and never got a really solid explanation mm. or answer is the usage of milk or dairy products. Mm -hmm. And why should milk and dairy products not be used in day-to-day -day consumption? And how are they related to not having a clean internal body? Right. See, it's not just about the dairy. It is about all the sources of animals. The foods coming from the animal sources, there are many, many issues with this. See, all foods have three main nutrients. The carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. In animal foods, there are no carbohydrates at all, which are the basis for giving us the fuel. And coming to the fats, they're all completely cholesterol and saturated fats. Nothing nutritious or healthy about it. It actually imparts ill health. And coming to the proteins, to a large, large extent, textbooks will declare that animal sources are the complete sources or the superior quality of proteins. But today, we have enough data or enough research which has happened in the last two, three decades, which shows horrifying results about the animal proteins. And the story doesn't end there. It is just a half of the story. Today's animal agriculture is pathetic. So the amount of antibiotics which are administered to the animals will reach us and we become antibiotic resistant is one part. And the other part is it kills our beneficial bacteria, which is so very important. These bacteria actually have a huge influence because the gut seems to be the second brain and the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria, or even the pathogens which are there in our gut have an influence on the way we think, the way we behave, the metabolic system, the immune system, everything. The antibiotics which we get from the animal products are very, very dangerous. And also the amount of hormones they get because somebody wants to make a big buck the hormones are administered and these hormones play havoc with our natural hormones and all of these are leading us to ill health. And so it becomes very, very important to see the source of our nutrients and animal sources are completely problematic and they are scary for me if you ask me and half the uh, problems are solved the minute i remove animal products from my clients i prefer to call them clients rather than patients so the minute they come to me i remove all the animal products and that's all i need to do to get towards health and other things are fixing a little here and there, but the major part of my 
treating them or helping them help themselves is removing the animal products. But milk and eggs, hmm. they are hmm. considered such a basic, fundamental, they are integrated into life so much. Mm-hmm. So you are therefore saying that milk and eggs both are not required? Absolutely. We get can get all the nutrients required by the body from the plant sources. But again, as I said, it has to be whole plant sources. If you keep refining the plant sources, you've lost the nutrients. So all the nutrients can be provided by the plant sources. And we don't need animal sources for the requirement of the body. I was in Sadhguru's Isha mm-hmm. Yoga program, stayed in his ashram for a long time. And I remember hearing from him or from one of his instructors that after the mm-hmm. age of seven, the mm-hmm. human body does not need milk. Uh, right. Yes. And even during infancy, yeah. We need milk because our stomachs are not mature enough. They cannot digest any other nutrients in the complex form. And that is why it is given in the simplest form from the mother's milk. And we also have enzymes to break down this protein, the milk protein. But as we grow older, we actually do not have any enzymes which handle the milk proteins so what you said is right as we grow older we seem to lose these enzymes which break down the milk and that is why you see many many people who consume too much of milk end up getting into lactose intolerances and allergies so it is very important that we do not consume after we are weaned off from the mother's milk for that matter. Not even seven years, I would say. Dr. Gauri, you say that obesity is the mother of all diseases. This is your oft-repeated statement. Why? And several times we can find people who aren't obese but have the same kind of problems. Uh, Well... See, increased fat content in the cell, that is increased body fat, can lead to many, many diseases and disorders. Increased fat in the body can lead to insulin resistance. In turn, it will develop diabetes. And it can block the arteries and veins and lead to many, many cardiovascular diseases and strokes. It can also lead to non-alcoholic fatty liver and damage to the liver, which is one of the main organs of excretion. Everything is detoxified here. And so it is very, very important to have our liver working perfectly fine and all the complications of the liver. And it increases the inflammation all over the body, leading to many disorders. And fat is not simply sitting in the cells. They almost act like hormones now and disturb the balance of our natural hormones, which destroys the kind of the homeostasis of the life itself. It is really very, very scary. And that's why I call it the mother of all diseases. It's a threat to our health. And I think you have uh, another question. You said 
thin people uh, also seem to have all these problems why this is a very important question which we need to understand it is just that people who are thin do not have the specific tissues to hold the fat and in these people even though they look thin because they don't have adipose cells and adipose tissues they look thin but they are in more danger because all these fats are running around in their blood so they need to be even more careful than you and me who have these specialized cells called adipose cells where if we have extra fat it will get collected here so it's just uh, i mean not right to think all thin people are healthy or all thin people don't have to be worried they do all thin people think they have the license to eat everything wrong because they are thin but it is not true and it is even more dangerous which they need to understand and when you say that high blood sugar is like rust on iron what mm-hmm. does that mean well see when iron rusts even though they are so strong which you cannot even bend the rust on the iron can actually break it similarly the blood sugars are silently damaging many of our organ organ systems inside the body so it is very important to have a control or have the blood sugars in the right amounts in the blood if they are more they can damage any organ right from you know kidneys eyes then the nervous system very importantly the cardiovascular system and i see most of my diabetic patients who come with diabetic nephropathy and neuropathy i mean they are literally suffering every moment because they have the tingling sensation the pricking sensation so it is a lot of and suffering every moment so it is very important to ensure that we correct our blood sugars otherwise they're going to kill us all these lifestyle diseases particularly mm-hmm. coronary obesity blood sugar blood pressure mm-hmm. is there like one maha mantra to tackle all of them are they all interconnected with each other absolutely they're all interconnected and even more important is the drugs which are given to one disorder and disease can actually cause the other disease and disorder and that is even more kind of something which we need to bother about so, so oh, wait wait a second you said that the drug which is given to control one disease can actually trigger another one yes the statins which are given for cardiovascular diseases can actually uh, create diabetes so they can all be interconnected and that is why it is very important my goodness popping pills yeah have become like just something so common for ordinary going to doctors they tell us why do you suffer if you have pain just take a pill why do you want to go through the agony and you are relating all this somehow with whole plant based nutrition i i want to ask you with a little more clarity why <laughs> doctors are recommending about popping pills or so many things are available over the counter so popping pills has become like just like breathing 
it's just yeah. no no effort at all no thinking at all required it's in the subconscious so on one hand why isn't the medical fraternity able to somehow understand this and also why the medical fraternity is not able to understand the benefits of whole plant based nutrition well whole plant based nutrition into the public is something quite new so understanding it and trusting it you need a lot of other basic concepts right inside you so medical nutrition also for that matter or medical science they don't understand or study all these they study medicine they study how each medicine can help us and that's their job i'm not blaming them at all and of course we need them doctors medicine medical facilities in all kinds of emergencies this kind of lifestyle is for people who understand and believe and trust it all of us cannot follow it because it needs a lot of time and effort it is not like popping a pill and forgetting about it see the minute you pop a pill you don't have to do anything you don't have to change your lifestyle you don't have to go for a walk you don't have to cook in a different way you don't have to figure out where to source them you don't have to put an effort into ensuring that it is cooked in a particular way so none of these need to be done if you pop a pill if you believe in that it is important to follow that system but if you don't want to drug yourself or go to the doctors if you understand the concept what are we doing by popping a pill we are treating the symptoms and it is if you ask me so unwise to treat a symptom let me just give you an example see let us look at cold if my body is attacked or if a bacteria or a virus is trying to enter into my body my body so intelligently creates this mucus and tries to throw out this bacteria or virus and defend myself it is actually helping me what do i do pop a pill and stop this mucus being produced so it is so stupid and unwise to do this what happens in a cough my body is trying to throw out which has gotten into my respiratory system it could be again a bacteria a virus or something toxic so my body is trying to throw it out by initiating a cough and what do i do pop a pill and stop the cough similarly let us take up fever according to nature cure principles if we have so much filth or so much toxins body initiates this high temperature so that it can liquefy these toxins so that it can be eliminated or it can be again a bacteria or a virus trying to invade and the body initiates higher temperature to destroy them now what do i do i pop a pill and bring down the temperature so neither my body becomes clean or the toxins flushed out nor can i defend the body from uh, bacteria and the uh, virus which is invading so here what did we do by popping the pill we were dealing with the symptoms any disease or you know disorder simply means the ease of the body is removed here 
the disease itself is something which is helping us which is supporting us which is clearly telling us that something is wrong look into the matter but we seem to look into the symptoms and try to correct the symptoms it is absolutely wrong this is the beauty of nature cure or the natural hygiene principles it says do not deal with the symptoms look at the cause what has caused this cold or cough or the temperature and correct the causes and that is why my master beautifully puts it he says don't check your parameters check your habits if you check your habits and correct your habits there is no need for checking the parameters and correcting or bringing those numbers into that magical range of the normalcy all we need to do is correct our habits and body has the ability to bring it back to normalcy that's quite a revelation even after knowing yeah. why is it so difficult to break habits yeah this is a very important question and it's a beautiful question if you look at the definition of habits it simply says an acquired behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary so you have said it right i have no control anymore over that because it has become a habit now the whole point is i have to shift this habit into the right habit again at this point it is quite a challenge i agree because i have to break this habit and simply blindly following the right habit for some time and just keeping to do that practicing it again and again and again for some time will make this into the habit and now there is no looking back that has become a habit that is we have acquired the behavior and it doesn't disturb us anymore but that shifting is the whole challenge and my job is to handhold support people who are shifting from the wrong to the right from the unhealthy to the healthy and that is why as you rightly said it is difficult it is challenging but it is not impossible it is first is to understand once you understand the mind accepts once the acceptance happens adopting becomes much more simpler all these are again connected and we need somebody to support this and this is what i do with my clients and help them change their habits it is not that we don't know information everybody knows the information it is just that we cannot adopt and here is my job so i think perhaps that is the reason that when you are working with your clients you want to know each and every meal which they are having you want to see the picture of each and every yes. meal every consumption which is happening on their side right right that is where i can correct them see if somebody is policing we are all like that human i mean nature is that if somebody is policing we behave differently say for example in a traffic signal you know there is a policeman our way of behaving is different right so it is i am uh, acting as a policeman and so it helps my client change their habits right another important thing mm-hmm. you say that fiber comes only from plant sources no animal sources have fiber and it is fiber which prevents all disorders known to human kind 
probably you need to do my course on holistic nutrition to understand it completely because it's a huge subject. But it's very important that the basis of health is fiber and with fiber comes nutrients also is another important understanding. It is never taught to us, whether it is doctors, nutritionists, parents, nowhere are we taught that there is a huge relationship between fiber and health, fiber and microbiota, fiber and gut health, fiber and nutrient absorption, fiber and metabolism, everywhere and the immune system also. Everywhere, fiber has a huge role to play and we need huge amounts of fiber. The recommendations, the RDA is 30 grams of fiber per person per day. But no, we need almost 100 grams of fiber to give all these benefits which I'm talking about. Sadly, the way we are eating the refined foods, we don't even get 10 grams of fiber per day. So it is very important to understand what fiber does and how to get fiber in our daily food. And this fiber comes only from the plants. There is not even a single gram of fiber from animal sources. That is why it is important to switch to plant sources. And there again, as I again keep on repeating, that is that whole plant-based foods is what makes the whole difference. Oh. Dr. Gauri, with this complete system of whole plant-based diet, with the intake of fibers, what mm -hmm. has been your success rate with your clients? The success almost 80 to 90% because the people who reach me already have tried different ways of methods and treatments and they are tired of their sickness and also trying different things. And finally, they do understand I'm ready to make all the efforts, given some time and do the right things. But if you say the same thing to somebody who has just gotten into some disease and disorder, they're not going to ready to make the time and efforts because they are not yet serious about what problems they are going through. Once they understand the seriousness of their problems and also that nothing else can give them complete cure. Now they're ready, mentally ready to accept and adopt. So all such people only almost reach me. That is why my success rates are very higher. Otherwise, if you go talk about these concepts to general public, hardly anybody who are the takers. So the kind of clientele who reach me is what makes the success for me. I understand. That's a very valid point. I think uh, I have spoken to a couple of your clients just for the sake of doing this podcast with you. And I do completely agree with your explanation on that. Right. And also, you know, once they come to me, I give them that little peek into it, the experience. In the first week itself, they start seeing... A change in their uh, body weight, body fat, how they feel, the energies, the way they can work and a little direction on every problem they have that they are going in a positive direction. And that's enough to inspire them, motivate them to continue to do that. And in four weeks, my programs are always four to five weeks. In that four to five weeks, they 
experience reversal of all their diseases and suffering and once you experience this health vibrant health what else do you want there is no looking back they will follow but yes there are people after four weeks they'll come back and tell me i have reversed all these diabetes or i have lost 10 kgs of weight 20 kgs of weight and reverse so many things they'll give me a laundry list and finally ask me when can i go back to my normal diet <laughs> and that is where i know this person has not understood anything and there is no point in talking anymore you know if they have asked me this question it simply means that they have not understood any concept so there is i mean you have to just leave them alone after some months or some years they will again come back to me with saying yes now i understand what you meant that day so now i am ready to do everything the way you have told me please help so it's okay if you are not yet ready or mature enough uh, to understand and adopt it it's okay to give some more time few months or few years by then you will be ready and accept it properly i sometimes wonder that celebrity advertisements for different kind of beverages or foods processed foods i i just wonder they you know how about the fact that if these celebrities took a guava in their hand or banana in their hand and promoted that <laughs> yeah ultimately it all boils down to money so <laughs> nobody is going to do that for you advertise for an apple or carrot because there is no money involved there so i think that's the whole sad point if you had all the power available to you mm-hmm. to make a decision what would you decide would you decide to stop alcohol would you decide to stop smoking or would you decide to stop sugar okay yeah it's a very simple and important question to answer yes definitely even though i know alcohol drugs and smoking is more dangerous i would say sugar because see alcohol drugs and smoking they have some social norms everybody will not do this all the time there is a space and time for indulgence but when it comes to sugar it's all over all the time and that is why it is very dangerous no sugar not only provides huge empty calories absolutely no nutrition no fiber it actually robs nutrients from the body to be processed and metabolized in the body and when it hits the blood stream almost instantly so many changes happen both in the glucose and fructose metabolic pathway initiating complex pathways and it contributes towards increased visceral fat elevated cholesterol triglycerides insulin resistance blood pressure low bone mineral density and even triggers of cancers so it is very very important that we understand the dangers of sugar and understand that how toxic sugar is and even more important is to understand that it very similarly to alcohol drugs and uh, cigarettes it taps into the same dopamine reward system where it keeps 
people into the habit of going to it again and again. And also we should understand that the same amount of sugar is not going to give me that pleasure again anymore because regular consumption of sugar develops this insensitive dopamine response and the small amounts are not enough. It needs more and more to get the same high. So this is even more scary. All children can get hooked on to eating sugar. You can't leave it, even if you want to. So I would say sugar, even when you give me a choice of alcohol, drugs and smoking. And when you say sugar, it's not like sugar, sugar. Sugar is, for example, breads or biscuits or a lot of carbohydrates themselves are sugar, isn't it? Yes. Carbohydrates are nothing but made up of sugar units. You know, the simplest unit of carbohydrate is a sugar molecule. Just like if you look at a wall and if I say what is the simplest or single unit of wall, we will say brick. Similarly, carbohydrates are the simplest units are sugar. And if this sugar comes with other nutrients, if this sugar comes in its natural form with fiber, the way it is metabolized in the body is completely different from a refined table sugar. So that's the whole difference of eating fruits because they are also made up of sugar or foods which come with fiber, whether it is grains or dals or grams or vegetables, everything which comes with fiber has a different way it gets metabolizes. And this is the whole crux of the matter, the fiber. Right. So in conclusion, what you have said is get closer to eating food, which is closer to nature, eat whole foods, uh, eat it as unrefined as possible. Right. Understand. Now, I read out in the introduction, your research proved that the coconut is innocent. So what is about this innocence or non-innocence of the coconut? What drew you to the coconut? Why did you choose coconut for your research? How did the Indian government come into picture with all this? I grew up eating tons of coconut. Because as I uh, said, my father is a naturopath. And so I grew up eating a lot of coconut because my father kept telling me this is a complete food in itself. And he would tell me a lot of stories around that. I very clearly remember him telling me about his visit to a place called Shiv Shailam. It is not the temple town of this Tamil Nadu, but a small little village where a couple had a small farm where they only grew bananas and coconut. And they would cure all kinds of diseases. Again, specifically cancers of different kinds with just putting people on coconut, coconut water and bananas. So all such stories we heard growing up, I know how important coconut is. But my textbooks taught me exactly contradicting information. Coconuts are harmful specifically to the heart because coconuts are made up of saturated fats. And saturated fats, we know, 
can be clogging our arteries and veins and so they are also put into the group of harmful fats but i knew something is wrong and what it was is what i wanted to find out when i started my research it was not the way today we have understood or the market has come up with uh, coconuts are safe but when i started it was still that coconuts are harmful i took my proposal to many so called big institutions saying let me do this research but nobody approved my protocol they said there is nothing more to you know prove about coconuts we know everything about coconut it is as simple as that they made up of saturated fats saturated fats are harmful to the heart and we know everything about it but when i took it to the yes we are sir yoga university this is one of the the world's research university on yoga dr nagendra ji who is the founder and chancellor of this university looked into my proposal and said yes this is what needs to be done in this university go ahead and let's do it and doing research on food is not that easy because we have to keep people or the group of people who are under the research to eat only that say for example in my study we did it for 3 months and i had two groups one group who ate only coconut and i had to put the other group on a different kind of fat which i chose as groundnuts so this group could not touch groundnut for 3 months the other group could not touch uh, coconut for 3 months and there was no way of eating anything outside they had to eat only from our dining halls we set up different kitchen different stores different uh, dining and the people 80 people had to come and eat all three meals and drink their beverages everything here only so it is not easy to sustain it for such a long time and do it completely all this make it difficult for research on such real foods but because my university agreed i took it to the coconut development board and presented it and government the coconut development board which comes under the ministry of agriculture agreed to fund it but they said they will not fund it completely and my university funded the rest of it and that's how government came into picture if in a short manner you could tell mm-hmm. us what was the result of this study what differentiation happened between the people who ate coconut and the groundnuts yeah we looked into different parameters right from weight to blood sugars to lipid profile and a lipid fr- profile not just in blood this is what we generally get if you go to get your blood lipid done in a right. lab right but yeah. we looked into the rbc where it shows just like in uh, diabetes hba1c which shows the 3 months average similarly we have this gold standard where the lipids present in rbc shows us on a long run what effect it is going to have so all this even for that matter the iron calcium lot of parameters we looked into because this was one of the first studies people can 
start doing intense studies based on this basic study. So we looked into different parameters and all parameters, including cholesterol and triglycerides, there was no increase after three months of consumption of coconut. Almost 100 grams of coconut per person per day is what was given. And at the end of it, we found that coconut consumption for three months did not impair any parameter in negative way. And that is why I say that we proved coconut to be innocent. And you said that when you were growing up, you had a lot of coconut and you talked about your father. So how, how did this inner calling come to you that you want to get into nutrition and healing and in this particular very unique manner? Uh, see, uh, when I started studying, actually, I got into this food study to understand much more than what my father was teaching me in a scientific way, in a logical way, in a rational way. But I ended up in more confusion because what my textbooks taught me was almost contradicting to what my experience was or what my father had taught me. So this is where actually my unofficial research started. This was good for me because I understood it in both the perspectives and that is why I could make my conclusions and do a right way or even blend this the western and eastern ways so that it becomes more meaningful. There are so many subjects which I found contradicting and I would have wanted to do the research. But you cannot do this scientific way of doing research on different things. Even to do this one research, I took almost eight years. So this was one of the easiest things which simply came to my mind where I could do more work on this. And at that point of time, say in around 2008-2009, a lot of talk was there about coconuts being harmful. So it hurt me so badly that I wanted to really look into, is coconut really bad? And why in India or even in the tradition for that matter, coconut is considered so auspicious it is considered as Purnapala and we Indians used coconut in almost everything. Whether it is eating, I mean, when it comes to South Indians, I don't know what North Indians actually do because there is no availability for South Indians, Kerlites and all of us eat coconut to such huge amounts. Why is it we have no problem? The problem started when coconuts were also eaten along with the wrong kinds of foods and wrong lifestyle. It is not coconut to be blamed. It is our wrong ways of eating. And that is what we finally proved. Let me share something with you over here. And I heard this beautiful example from Swami Parthasarthi, who is a proponent of Vedanta. Mm -hmm. And he gives this example with the coconut, linking it to spirituality. Mm -hmm. And he says the complete outer shelf of, of the coconut is, is nice and smooth. Mm. And that is compares it to the gross body. Mm. And then you have the one layer inside, which is full of hair running in different directions. Fiber, yeah. Yes, mm. yes. And that he compares it to the mind and the desires of the mind. You know, mm -hmm. running havoc here and there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when you pull out all those hair, the mm -hmm. hard shell 
he says that is the intellect and when you cross that intellect and go inside that purna fal it is the self of the individual wow so beautifully put yeah and i thought that like you said it's the purna fal yeah it's the complete whole fruit and therefore you know this analogy also with human and human spirituality fits in so beautifully as he explains very true very true dr gauri also in mm-hmm. recent times mm-hmm. all nuts almonds cashews uh proteins a lot of protein is selling in the market like anything there is a huge increase in consumption any yeah. specific pointers you have for this well if you ask me high protein foods are killing us this craziness of increasing protein for many many reasons are leading us to allergies and autoimmune disorders there is no doubt they are nutritious but the huge amount of protein and our inability to digest this protein properly our guts not being in right uh, healthy way or state and leaky gut all these are leading us to allergies and immune disorders so it is not at all right to increase proteins to that extent and also the source of protein matters as i said protein sources from the animals are quite harmful that we understand from the last 2 3 decades of research so all these nuts are very high in protein and i would definitely not recommend or advise eating these nuts on an everyday basis today people have started eating lot of nuts see all these nuts are intended to be consumed the way nature provides let me give you an example if you take almonds how many almonds can you eat if i give you the whole shelled almonds you have to break it open you have to clean them and then you have to eat them the way they are but today it is not so they are roasted and sold they are spiced and sold they are salted and sold here when we do all of these changes and easily available you know they just pack it and send it then tendency of eating more and more is very easy so we end up with all these problems but it is very important to stop ourselves from eating or being so crazy about this increased amounts of proteins and eating all those foods which are high in proteins what is holistic health does holistic <laughs> health find roots in our scriptures where and what do you draw from it and you have often said that it is not food in your life but life in the food that matters yeah well all our scriptures for that matter whether it is bhagavad gita upanishads or yogic texts all of them talk about holistic health they do not specify or change or look into body as organ organ systems like modern allopathy does it is very very wrong it is necessary to look into this body as whole because the body works synergistically everything is related everything is connected we cannot isolate systems similarly even the food food is such a complex chemical factory you cannot isolate them into its components 
and they all work together in that togetherness is their positive effect say for example it is said tomato has 3000 chemicals there could be some more which we don't even know yet but picking up one specific thing calling lycopene as a specific or superfood and extracting it and consuming it is going to give me very simple small little benefit what happens to all those other chemicals present in the tomato and also this lycopene always works with the other these 3000 chemicals right so it is very very important that we look at it as whole whole body and whole foods and we find reference in many many places not just one place but i have tried to put all of them together and i have published a paper the title of the paper is concept of holistic diet blending of yogic diet and a balanced diet a review so you can look into it and here i have picked it up from all these texts and said why and what these shlokas mean and it is very beautiful to understand that thousands of years back what we understand today with research and such sophisticated uh, tools our scriptures have spoken exactly that and much more with simple you know examples and understanding it is amazing to see this in our text and i have put all of them together i think it will give you a beautiful reading if you look at this paper no surely i will put up the link along with yeah. this podcast so that it can benefit uh, all those who want to sure. and what about tea and coffee they also yeah. come from plants so what is your take on that right just because they come from plant does not mean they are healthy nature cure has a beautiful concept saying if you can eat something on its own only then it is called food so can we eat a coffee powder or tea powder no now coming to coffee and tea we know very clearly that they do not have any nutrients they do not add health to us but we know very clearly that having a cup of coffee is going to make me feel better i'm bored i have a cup of coffee i feel better i am feeling sleepy i have a cup of tea or coffee i am awake so we generally have a cup of coffee and tea to get that small kick or keep me going if i eat right and live right i don't need these stimulants from outside my body on its own by getting the nutrients from these foods whole foods is going to be like this i'm going to be energetic all the time i will not feel bored just like that i don't feel sleepy unless it is sleeping time so everything falls into place when i eat right and live right i don't need these stimulants from outside and also once you start eating right you will get all the nutrients especially the micronutrients and when all the deficiencies are gone the craving or wanting 
for all these foods also drop off. So this is all about teas and coffees. We don't need them. They are not requirements, but people have the habit. Again, they're habit forming. So brain asks for it at the same time. And that is why people who have got habituated cannot let go of it. But if you look at my clients, as soon as they come, the next day, I just remove these teas and coffees and give them the nutritious food. And they are surprised and shocked that they can do it. It is just that they are getting the food which is very nutritious and the body does not ask for these stimulants. Hope I am an explained. Yes, yes, yes. very <laughs> well. You just dashed some of my last hopes also. <laughs> no, it is very simple. First yeah. is the understanding. Second is to just start doing it. When yeah. you start doing it, they drop off on their own. You don't have to worry about it. Right. And when I was speaking to some of your clients, uh, mm -hmm. I found them speaking very positively of the change which starts coming just in seven, eight days. And then at the end of four or five weeks, I have spoken to some people who have shown a tremendous improvement. Yeah. So there is no reason for me to not uh, believe and subscribe to what you are saying. Right. Do you think there's something more you would like to add on this podcast? Yeah, it is just the simple change of eating and lifestyle, which can prevent all the diseases humankind is suffering with today. And even if you have the disease, you can, you know, reverse all of them, including diabetes with these simple changes. Because as we rightly call them, they're all lifestyle disorders. They have come because of the wrong lifestyle and eating. If we correct them, they all get corrected. I hope everybody who is suffering understands the simple facts and change their eating and living so that we can have a better, healthy society to live in. Thank you very much, Dr. Gauri, for your time today. I would close this podcast by reading out some lines which I have heard from you. Mm -hmm. Disease is life's activity in an unclean body. And health is life's activity in a clean body. Right. This is one of the favorite statements from my master again. So all this is my learning from him. And I am grateful to all these people at every time and space and with different learnings. I had wonderful people who mentored me, taught me and guided me. So I'm grateful and thankful to all these people who have made my journey beautiful and made me what I am today. And I have the most, I would say, beautiful job in this world. I love my job. And this helps not only me and my loved ones, it helps everybody who comes to me and their loved ones. So it is one of the best jobs you can ask for. And I enjoy every moment of my work. May you be the chosen one to make all the differences which you are making. Thank you very much for your time today. I would also like to thank uh, Sumit, Sumit Kapoor, because yeah. he was the one who introduced uh, you and me. So right. a lot of gratitude to him and the ton of gratitude to you also. 
Definitely. Sumit Kapoor is running my course, holistic nutrition course, every single month. Otherwise, I was sitting in one corner and silently working my way. But he's, you know, identified that this is the requirement of the society today. And he's running it on his platform called WellCure, where in this platform, everything natural has a place. And uh, I think that's one of the need of the R and he's doing a great job. And I'm equally grateful, just like you said, to this man who is running my courses every month. Yes, more than a dozen of my family members and friends have done <laughs> the program. Yeah. They have done your program and I would, without hesitation, recommend it to all those who listen to this podcast that make a lasting, impactful change in your life by joining Dr. Gauri's Holistic Nutrition course. Thank you very much, Dr. Gauri, once again. Thank you so much.